Hi friends, welcome back to Beam Voice. Today I have the pleasure to talk to Ignacy Lodzinski, who is a friend of mine from Beam Corner. You definitely heard about Beam Corner. At least most of you definitely have heard about it. And he is also a Beam coordinator, very experienced one. And I would add to this, although he never presented himself like this, that he is also an entrepreneur because he's running this course on his own, the Beam coordinator course. And this is exactly what we are going to talk about in this interview, about how it is to be a BIM coordinator and what else can we learn from his course. Hi, Ignacy, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Petru. I'm very happy that finally I get the chance to talk to you. Welcome. Now, thanks. please tell me with your own words, who are you and a little bit more about your background. Okay. So as you said, Ignacy Wojcinski, I'm a BIM coordinator, BIM manager, experienced with uh, more than 10 years of experience in AC industry. What else? I'm a co-founder of BIM Corner. I actually built the whole website of BIM Corner. So everything what you see, so was done by me. Of course, all the articles we divide into six guys who write articles, but I took the technical part of it. As you also said, I'm living in Norway seven years right now. In my job, I'm focused on BIM coordination, BIM management, but I also have experience with uh, development of uh, BIM solutions for uh, various companies. Right now, I'm working for myself. And uh, as you said, also, I created a quite advanced online course for people who want to become a BIM coordinator. It's called Become BIM Coordinator, in short, BBC. What else about me? I think uh, that's okay for now when we go further along with this episode so I can reveal more secrets about me and about what I'm doing and what I'm up to in the future projects. Cool. Now, before we start talking more about the course, tell me some interesting projects where you worked before as a BIM coordinator and some cool stuff that you learned or challenges that you had during those times. I was always involved in quite challenging projects, big ones. So my speciality, we might say, are big projects with a lot of construction projects, not infrastructure projects. In Campusos, which is a university campus here in Norway, the biggest, I think, challenge was the amount of models which we had in the project. I actually, since I was working there in 2016, so I don't remember right now the exact numbers, but uh, it was a huge challenge. And there were many offices who were involved in, in this project. So it was a big challenge. Another project is uh, Tonsberg uh, Sikihus. So it's a hospital, Tonsberg uh, hospital project, which was the first IPD project in Norway. So the, the whole IPD methodology and how we deliver a whole IPD contract form is uh, totally different from those which I used to work with, you know. Uh, the normal um, building bid uh, contract. So for me, it was challenging to work directly with a client and with a contractor side by side, you know, pult to pult, as the Norwegian says. So it was something interesting. Also, the technology which was used there was also one of a kind. First time when I faced so advanced, digitally advanced project. Another project, I think, but this was not a BIM coordinator role. I was a BIM developer role. So I was in the team who developed BIM application for a huge project here in Norway uh, for E39 road project. And we were developing a CDE solution. And since this was quite different job than BIM coordination, 
So for me, everything there was challenging because uh, I had the role of developer most of the time. So totally different world, uh, totally different workflows, ways of working, different activities. So for me, it was quite challenging, but very fulfilling. Yeah, that sounds like a very nice project where you definitely uh, learned a lot being there and going through that. That's for sure. Yeah, cool. Let's get back to the BIM coordinator course. Make me please a brief introduction of it. What is this course? Who is it for? And how you run it? So the first idea of become BIM coordinator course come up to my mind in 2020 because BIM Corner started in 2019 and after a couple of months, we observed that the popularity of the blog and the popularity of our group is growing quite rapidly. We're very glad about it and uh, we're also glad that people like our content, write our, read our articles and use them in their daily job. And I was thinking about, okay, how I can exchange my knowledge in a bit different way. I thought about an online course, but I didn't want to create another online course about how to use Revit or how to use Solibri, Navisworks or any other tool. I didn't want to take this approach of, okay, BIM is about, you know, tools. No, it's not. And it's about whole the process of delivering projects. So I was thinking, okay, how I could transfer my knowledge about BIM coordination into the digital product which then I can sell and find out if there is an audience who want to learn from it. Yeah, so Become BIM Coordinator is a course for people who want to develop their skills as BIM coordinators or who already are like in a similar position, who know the BIM world, but they want to upgrade their skills in some way. The whole course is pre-recorded sessions. It contains more than 30 hours of video content in 17 modules and my ultimate goal with the course was to take a person who don't know much about even beam to take them by hand go through the whole path of learning a new skill then to the end point where they are confident to search for a job as a BIM coordinator. I wanted to pack everything in one course to give people the ability to learn everything that I think is very important to understand for BIM coordinators. Because the problem with the knowledge nowadays is that we have a lot of different sources which we can use to learn, isn't it? You know that, Petru, if you want to learn about in YouTube, there is everything. There is everything. If you want to learn something on YouTube, just write and you will find some videos. But a lot of videos, a lot of knowledge down there is like, yeah, they are fragmented. It's not very well structured. You don't know where to start. You don't know where to end. You are in a continuous learning loop. Yes, which is tutorial hell. Yeah, it's tutorial hell. You think that you know something, but afterwards you find out, okay, there is another playlist. I need to learn from it, so on, so on. So I wanted people to have only focus on this course. They go through the well-structured course, 
they learn from the videos, they know who they learn from, the experienced person who went through the, the same path, who worked with the, the tools, who worked on, on different projects in that position. And after that, they are confident to gain the appropriate skills. Please allow me to add something here. It's not only that the content is not well structured, uh, not generally on YouTube, but for this topic, exactly, for BIM coordinators or BIM managers or I don't know, whatever you want to call them, there is not a lot of content. If you take out from the equation Revit videos and Dynamo videos and so on, you will not find a lot of content tailored specifically for what a BIM coordinator should do. Maybe you find something on LinkedIn, if you have uh, on LinkedIn learning or something like that, but those courses usually, unfortunately, some of them, which are not very technical, the other ones more general, are very shallow in depth. And you cannot say that after going through one course like that, you can feel confident to work in this kind of position. And it's not only this, there are many, many other topics that are lacking a lot of content on YouTube when it comes to AAC. Like even Solibri, which is quite popular a software in Norway, you'll find very little content online on YouTube and more. And now when you think about putting everything together and getting from someone who did not use maybe a lot of time to learn a lot about BIM or how it is to be a BIM coordinator the last years or months, right? Then that sounds like a very, very good uh, actually idea because you just cannot find it anywhere else. So yeah, kudos to you. That was a smart move, but at the same time, a risky one because you said you did not know who is going to jump, how many will uh, join and so on, right? Maybe I will just give you a brief insights how was my thinking about it because before I started the course, before I created the whole agenda, my goal was to gather the interest from people. So using BIM Corner, I created ebook, which was for free, which people could use to learn themselves. First steps to use it, how to use Solibri for BIM coordination. And to get this ebook, you need to answer a short survey, like two minute survey. And after this survey, I received more than 10,000 responses. And after the survey, I knew that there is something in it because yeah. the, in survey, there was a question, are you interested in such a course, which will explain BIM coordination in details. So I get the result that there is a lot of people who want to learn about it. So for me, it was a green light. Okay, this is a good idea. We can start to work on this project. Yeah, yeah. So when I mean risky, I mean like you jumped on this, you bet your future on this. And I don't want to focus on the negative here because actually I envy you because you did that. And I congratulate you because you did that. You took the step to become free, to do your own thing. And I'm only, how to say, inspired by this kind of thing. Right now, I just want you to confirm me that you have some people in the course that makes it viable for you to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's the best value and the greatest reward that the people want to learn from the course. There are people who trusted me. There are people who actually are using the techniques and uh, all the things that I'm showing in the course in their daily life. And actually, some of them are applying for a BIM coordination position right now, even in Norway. I cannot, of course, assess who, but I'm very glad and I'm proud uh, about my students 
students and we have a private Facebook group where we exchange the experience, there are questions, maybe we will talk about it a bit later, but I'm very proud of my students and it's very rewarding to have, you know, the audience, the people who learn from you and trust you and you can help them. I know there is nothing that compares to this. When you see that actually the effort you put in this help somebody you get a feedback and somebody maybe tells you that this inspired me to learn more about BIM or about IFC or about something and exactly this is the reason why I went on this journey and so on there is nothing more rewarding than this mm -hmm. so you should also not be proud only about the students you should also be proud about yourself because you are contributing to educate our built environment which is still lacking behind a lot and there is very, very little content, especially the content that we really need. Exactly. And the content that I think is like very practical right now, you know, and there are a lot of courses, as you said, in LinkedIn learning, that are quite shallow, you know, and uh, we need content. If you compare, for example, ecosystem of online courses for programming, for a civil engineering or BIM or something like that, of course, those two, we cannot compare both to realities and words and industries, yeah. but nevertheless, the ecosystem is really like a small. So we need to contribute. If we know some practices, workflows, technologies, which are used right now, for example, in Norway, the country we are living, which is very advanced in, uh, we can say, in uh, construction technologies, then I think it should be our duty or, you know, we should do something with this knowledge and spread it to others. So Yeah, I agree. How many students do you have? 107 or 110, something like that. This is the first edition. So there will be next editions. I get inquiries about the second edition on a daily basis. So there will be more. That's very nice to hear. You say first edition, second edition. Tell me a bit more about how this is run. So people can join the course only before it starts, right? And after when it starts, you cannot join anymore. You need to wait until the next edition, right? More or less. So the idea behind it is I open the period when a person, a student can join the course only for limited time. Because during this limited time, let's say the first edition and the time was 10 days. So during only 10 days, you can enroll for the course and join the group. After 10 days, I'm closing the sale of the course and the materials on the platform are uploaded each week. And I'm working with students, you know, so students get the new materials. They are working with the materials, but the videos are pre-recorded. So if you, for example, don't have time for this week to follow the course materials, don't worry, it's self-paced, take your time to do it. And it will be the same with the second edition. So the second edition will be released in autumn and most probably October or November. Right now, I'm not sure. I will open the registration window also, I think 10 days, but we will see. And during this period, people can apply, can register for the course and we will continue the same procedure as with the first edition. So if the course is, at least you are thinking to start it in October or November, the registration will be also in that period, just before that? So during the period, let's say from the 1st November to the 10th November, I'm opening the registration. So you yes. register and from the point when you are registered, you receive the access to the materials not all, but to the first, for example, four weeks, four modules 
of the course and week by week from the registration you receive further materials to go through the course and you know after one and a half month you receive all materials from all the modules so each monday you receive a new module with uh, new materials okay that sounds good now something else which i think could be very important for many people interested in this how much do you help during the course how much do they have access to yourself if they stumble across any challenges okay so the main point here is we have a private facebook group where all the students which were registered get access to it's private you need to put a password, you need to put an email which you used when buying the access. I accept all the invitations, you know, with the right credentials. And then you can post your question there. And I'm there on a daily basis. So if you have any questions about the course content, you don't understand something, you have inquiry about anything actually. So yeah. you can post a question there and I'm on a daily basis there and answer questions there. Also, I'm organizing Q&A sessions once a month where you can also put some questions to me we have also like the live discussion so if you have any questions i will answer it actually the next q a session with students will be in two days on thursday okay i see we have an excel spreadsheet they are writing questions i'm answering those questions and there was also a second because i was selling this course with three packages there was also platinum package with the platinum package you could buy three hours of private consultations with me uh-huh okay interesting so if you wanted to have a private consultations with me so you had such an opportunity to do okay now because you mentioned the different plans now I'm sure a lot of people watching right now are interested to find out or to know how much does this course cost. Let's talk about the existing one, the one that you're still running. Yeah, so there were three plans, silver, gold and platinum. The course consists of 17 modules, so silver package was 14 modules from 17. I presented there one coordination workflow and it cost 379 US dollars. The gold version, it consists of all modules all webinars which I will organize in the future and which I organized before. There are a lot of other cool features that are included in this package as well. So it costs 499 US dollars and the package platinum with three hours of private consultations, it costs 899 US dollars and it was for the first edition. But next edition, it will be a bit more expensive, not like two times or three times expensive, but a bit expensive. And the reason why is because I'm constantly trying to upgrade and put a new things into the course. Because as we all know, the technology is changing, the working methods are changing. So for example, for the, for the next edition, maybe I will add additional module or I will invite people from a company to present a certain topic. For example, before, the first edition, all the students used only trial versions of programs like BIMTRAC and BIMCOLLAB. But after the first edition, I talk with those companies and I get for my students educational license for everybody. And those educational licenses have all the features which premium versions have. So this is a bonus, you know, and 
I try to upgrade the course all the time. That's why the price will be higher in the second edition. It won't be like tripled or doubled price. It will be like, I don't know, 50 bucks more or something like that. I wanted, you know, to do such a feeling that people who trusted me first will get the best offer, you know? So people who will uh, come in the second edition, will need to pay a bit more. I think it's fair, you know? Yes, yes. And uh, I also think it's a reasonable price, especially when you think that the kind of courses that are in our industry, just to learn a software or something, it's like a lot of money to pay for one day or something like that, or for ISO standards and so on. You pay a few hundreds, if not thousands of dollars or euros or uh, pounds for a one week course or something like that. And here, this can be the launch of your career. I think it's a very reasonable price. And not only that, and I'm thinking, especially if you get your company to support you and pay exactly. for you, then it is even better, right? But even as a person, it's still reasonable, especially for the higher income countries is not a lot by any means. And if you really want to make a change in your career, or you want to go to the next step, it should be quite easy to save some money and to join this. But I think most of the time companies will contribute and maybe yeah, help their employees to go through this, especially, like I said, I still think it's cheap compared to many other courses out there. I also try to compare, you know, because I was doing a research, how much costs different kind of courses and trainings. And as you said, the ISO training or IFC export or Solibri, even Solibri training about rule sets, it might cost several hundred bucks, you know, and uh, comparing to how much it's presented in BBC course, in the Become BIM Coordinator course, I think that the price is very reasonable. And that was my goal to share with people my knowledge, but in the reasonable price. So more or less everyone can afford it. For example, if you compare it to well-known companies or schools like Zigurat, you know, they have quite expensive offer. Yeah, they have something like 50,000 euros per year or for the entire course. I'm not I understand sure. it's a huge value and they are giving a huge value and they are learning great stuff, but normal bread eaters, it might be quite a limit. Yeah, it's not very accessible, unfortunately. But like I said, I think it's a reasonable price. Definitely might be a bit difficult for someone from India. And I don't mean to disrespect any countries here. I'm just saying that because they're the economy is, uh... Yeah, the economies are different. I know from uh, a lot of students from Poland also write to me. Yeah, it's a bit expensive for us. I understand, but actually like one third of all students get access were registered to the course through their companies. So I encourage people to ask their boss about it because, you know, for the companies, it's not a big deal. It's just a small expense. And the company gains so much from uh, the skills the employees are getting from this. And this is what is the most important here. These are practical skills, are not just let's uh, do something hypothetical. No, you are learning exactly how to do this. So yeah, this sounds very good. Let's go a bit through uh, what softwares are you using in this course? Yeah, as I said, the course is taking you through all the path and the software which, uh, I'm using during the course are the software that I actually used during my real work. So there are modules about, because I'm taking the, the student from, you know, Punkt zero to punkt Z. So the first are software Revit, and I'm talking there about extracting models and uh, exporting them to IFC, how to work with coordinates, how to build templates in Revit, those type of things, which I think BIM coordinators should know. Then we start in this workflow, I use tools like Solibri and BIM 
collab, which is an issue management tool if somebody don't know it. And the second coordination workflow, I use Navisworks and BIMTRAC. So there are five different tools and we also use Plannerly to build a BEP and I'm showing how to use it to create also a scope of work for BIM documents. So there are six different tools that are used during the course, but I'm also thinking about adding new modules to the course, for example, about how to use Power BI to visualize different types of data for BIM coordinators, which might be useful for project managers. But this is something which still needs to develop in my mind how I will do it. But for now, there are six different uh, tools that uh, that are used in. Cool. It's nice that you cover Solibri and at the same time Navisworks as well, because it depends. There are companies using Solibri, there are companies yeah. using Navisworks. So that's cool that somebody can uh, go through both of them or the path they choose. So that's cool. Actually, it was a challenge for me to choose. Okay, what kind of uh, software should I use? Because a lot of professionals here in Norway are using IFC and Celebri and most of Scandinavia for BIM coordination. They're using Celebri, but in United States, Celebri doesn't exist. <laughs> or it exists, but in a... It's not popular. It's not popular. It's not, yeah. it's not so popular as Navisworks. So, so that's why I choose to, to show two different workflows with a two different set of tools. Not only that, you know, might be interesting for everyone maybe to see a bit how it is a workflow with Navisworks if I'm using Solibri all the time or the other way around, right? So exactly. I think it's cool. Yeah, from my professional experience, I saw on one project we were using Solibri, but once I was working on infrastructure projects where Solibri Libri was not used and uh, we had Navisworks and okay. So so you need to learn it like from scratch. That's why I think that uh, 2D tools are, uh, are important. Yes, that's true. Is there anything else important that you would like to mention about the course or about anything BIM coordinator related that I did not ask you already? The thing that we didn't mention here was how the, the course is structured, you know, so the first thing was that I wanted to learn people first how the BIM fundamentals work, what is BIM, how I observe it, what's BIM in my point of view, you know, because there is a lot of, you know, different YouTube videos, people who often don't have a good experience with working with this methodology and they are talking about, you know, uh, what they've learned from the books. So the first step was to show people what is my point of view when it comes to BIM. Then I showed people with the BIM tools and different file formats that are used, which you are using as a BIM coordinator. And the course structured is like that, that after each module, you get the quiz, you get the practical assignments. So you need to do, of course, you can go further with the course, but it's recommended to do the practical assignments just for yourself to learn the material. It's difficult to learn if you don't do it. Like also when you try to learn programming, right the same way you can learn is just by doing if you don't yeah. do it if you just do it in your head it won't stick you need to do it of course of course and look during the, the course i'm using the simple a simple model you know we are using five different models from five different disciplines architectural structural MEP, HVAC, plumbing, and electrical. And in the normal life, you most probably you will have more advanced models, more advanced folder structure, more advanced files. Everything will be advanced. 
but the whole principles which I'm showing during the course are the same and will be the same, you know. Of course, you need to um, fit that the workflow which is presented to the reality which you have in the project. But as you said, it's hard to learn BIM coordination from the course, but you know the best practices, you know how you can do it on a simple project. So now you can transfer the same knowledge to more advanced projects and more advanced workflows, which is very good foundation. You know where to start. It makes sense. What was the next chapter of the course after this? After showing the tools and file formats used by BIM coordinators, then we go to them, we can say managerial part of BIM coordinator. So I'm showing people how to create a good BEP and how to read a good BEP and how to use it to create BIM coordination strategy. Because BIM coordination is not just, you know, clash detection. It's much more than that. And you as a BIM coordinator, often you might be a BIM manager in Norway. You know, the BIM manager is often a BIM coordinator. So I'm also showing a lot of tips and a lot of various tasks that the BIM manager or BIM coordinator have to do when it comes to planning the first steps of the project. So a creation of BIM coordination strategy, and then we jump into the sample project a sample school project and we are focusing on this project we are building templates for this project we are building rule sets for this project and you know i wanted to create a course which actually has an example project in the background so you, everything which we are doing there in the project in the in the course we are it's based on one project and then we so this is, uh, we create a DEP for this project, we create BIM coordination strategy for this project, and so on, so on, so on. And after the first steps, after building, for example, templates in Revit, then we move on to coordination workflows. I already presented to you two workflows. So first one is Solibri with BIMTrack. I'm also learning how to build advanced rules in Solibri, so you can check the model in a way that corresponds to BIM requirements, which we said before in the module before. So everything is like connected with each other in the course. And I think this is something which is unique because a lot of courses are like separate ones. So, okay, I will show you how to use rules and we are taking a sample project from wherever we want, you know, but yeah. here in this course, everything is connected. And the second workflow with Navisworks and BIMTrack, I'm also showing how to use these tools effectively, how they can collaborate with each other. And the last modules are about meetings and, you know, final tips, which I think are quite useful for people who are looking for a job. Yeah, most definitely. A question popped up in my head, and I think this is actually the question which I should have asked you in the beginning. What is a BIM coordinator? What is a BIM coordinator doing? What is this job about? Yeah, this is a good question because uh, a lot of people, even students, are asking me this question. And the BIM coordinator, this role is very broad and can be different from different companies, different situations and projects. Let me give you an example. So I can be a BIM coordinator working on construction projects, but my friend in Poland, for example, he will be a BIM coordinator on infrastructure projects. And our duties in both projects will be totally different. For example, me, I will be working on design company. He will be working on contractors 
side. So our duties will be totally different. And it's hard to specify it one or two sentences, but I divide the BIM coordinator's role into four like main roles. I put it into EPIC acronym, which stands for EPIC. Of course, we know what it means, but E stands for educator. P for planner, I for innovator, and C for coordinator. So in each role has different duties, has different responsibilities. So E as an educator, you help people educate themselves in the BIM team, for example, because BIM is a broad, quite new concept, maybe not new, but uh, there is still a lot of uncertainty around it. So you as an educator, you help people gain a right knowledge about BIM. You can organize courses for a BIM team. There are a lot of various activities related to this part. As a planner, you create BIM execution plans. You might create. There are situations that you won't be involved in those type of activities, but in some cases, you might be creating BIM execution plans, strategies for coordination, those type of stuff. That's why you are a planner. As an innovator, all the time you need to observe what you can change, what you can upgrade in the project, and you look for improvements. So as an innovator, you can develop a new ways to work with the model files, to automate things, uh, new ways to use new tools that are presented on various conferences. As a seat, so you are a coordinator. So you coordinate all the works which BIM team is doing. And if those works are in accordance with BIM requirement and with BEP. So as you see, there are four roles and each role represents a bit different set of responsibilities. Yeah, that's true. And every BIM coordinator could have more responsibility for one of these areas than uh, others, right? Or it might be not even have some of them maybe exactly. in some situations right so yeah but uh, it was a very very um, very nice answer thank you for that it was really nice sure i think i read about this epic stuff on uh, one uh, of your blog posts yeah. or something like that i actually created an article you can find it on bim corner what kind of responsibilities you can have depending on what role you have as a bim coordinator that's very nice yeah, I think I covered everything what I was uh, very interested about. Do you feel you covered what you wanted to? Of course, Petru, there are a lot of things that we could cover when we come into details. But since for now, maybe next time we will talk about a bit more detail about specific concept, then we can go more into details about things. But for now, as a general introduction, yeah, this was very introduction, good. general picture for the course. I think it's enough. I think we've covered a lot. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Thank you very much for joining me. It was very nice. I really learned a lot about this and I hope you will get more students in the next course. Sure. Thank you very much for having me, Petru. I'm uh, really glad that you invited me. I really like your show. Thank you. I'm flattered. Thanks a lot for the wishes. And uh, I hope uh, to see you on the next uh, BBC edition. <laughs> there is a high chance for that to happen. Cool. cool. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. Good to Thank hear. you.